Oh man, probably my favorite day of the week. Welcome to a Dirty Thursday on GFBS, where Grand Fork's best source on today's show. Tom Corcoran, Hall of Fame late model driver. Uh, it's going to be a great show. I can't wait. I'm just keyed up about this. Show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Not only are they probably one of the best contractors in town with commercial and residential work, but they also do snow removal too. In fact, uh, I've said this before, but if you go downtown after a snowstorm, you can tell the stores that Executive Property takes care of because uh, not only do they have the best snow removal equipment, but they got guys that actually know how to get out and use a shovel too. I mean, they do it the right way. So for all your work, you know what? Whether you need something done in your kitchen or your bathroom or maybe need some concrete poured or some snow removed, Executive Properties will take care of you. Got senior and referral discounts, willing to work with any budget. Call them up, 701-330-1273 or check out executiveproperties.org and make sure to check out the reviews on Facebook and Google too. You're going to love their work. Executive Properties, your one-stop company that can do it all. Well, again, if uh, you got any questions or comments, you want to text or call for us or Tom or our intern, Katie, feel free to uh, 701-213-0863. That's 701-213-0863. Before we get going, it is time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, Do you hear about the hate crime in NASCAR this year? I mean, we all heard about it, right? Well, it turns out it was just fake news. Paul, the producer's not even here to uh, say anything about that. Katie, what'd you think of that joke? Oh, I think that uh, kind of fits the topic today we're talking about. <laughs> Tom, how'd you like that one? Uh, we just needed a rim shot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Can I find my, find my rim shot here? Um How's that? There we go. There it is. Uh, welcome back, Tom Corcoran. Uh, you've been on the show before, but uh, you're one of those people, and it's funny because uh, when I walked into the studio this morning, I started getting all kinds of um, personal messages, uh, Facebook, uh, wondering who was on the show today. And uh, I tell you what, uh, the Canadians up there, they really dig you. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> they were wondering who's... Some awfully nice people up there. They are. And, and um, you know, it's, it was such a shame this year, uh, or last year, um, you know, and now they keep talking about when are the borders going to open? You know, now there's rumors. Uh, could be another year. Oh, my gosh. Heaven forbid. Yeah, it's a good question right now. I mean, not only uh, I mean, think about how many race car drivers that were missing, uh, but the fans. Exactly. I mean, I miss walking through Little Canada. That was that was one of the highlights of every one of my race nights on a Friday night was working my way down to the pits, but making my stop through there. And then on the way back from the pits, you make another stop through Little Canada. And uh, by the time I'd get back up into my little booth up there, I was full. I mean, full both ways. <laughs> a, a, a lot of great diehard fans from up north. Um, before we get going, um, I didn't realize uh, Mark Heikotter was a friend of mine. Yes. Um, I have known the guy for years. He used to play on my softball team. And he probably did say this to me, but he must have got out right about the time I got in at the River City Speedway. I never realized that Cotter actually uh, was involved with dirt track racing and uh, until I actually read your post uh, on Facebook. And tell us about your time with, with Mark Hyde Cotter. Well, Mark and a, and a couple of friends of his uh, started out by uh, pitting for Rodney Bolstead back in the day. And then uh, after Rodney uh, uh, retired, the uh, Mark ended up with a car of his own. 
So it was uh, uh, a real shock to read that the other day. Yeah, um, I was actually my son called me from Fargo and told me about it. And um, yeah, he's going to be missed. I mean, man, he was a hell of a guy. Yeah, great, great guy. Uh, even after his time in racing was done, he was still a race fan. He, was, mm-hmm. he, he still knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and uh, man, he is going to be missed uh, right off the bat. I uh, got a lot of people watching. In fact, uh, Robin Anderson, you know, they're not in Mexico oh, yeah. right now. Yeah. And uh, she's, she's actually she's watching the show. Yeah, it says, uh, hi, Tom, Paul, and John. Me and Steve watching you from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Uh, Mark was a great guy, she also adds. So, um, yeah, so you can listen anywhere, anytime, just like uh, Paul, the producer, said. Um, you know, one thing I saw, Tom, uh, on your Facebook profile, uh, you must be a Red Green fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw your, your favorite quote, and this is actually one of mine, too. Uh, if the women don't find you handsome, they should at least find you handy. Exactly. Can you even get the Red Green show on TV anymore? You know, I don't believe we can. Uh, we don't get any Canadian stations anymore anywhere, so uh, that's... Uh, uh, would Trudeau shut those down, too? Well, he might have. You know. <laughs> we, we, we can only see it on YouTube, I guess. Yeah, and another one, uh, one of my favorites from Red Green was... Uh, Keep your stick on the ice. Absolutely. And, and if you're a hockey guy and you ever played hockey, that's one of the first things you were ever taught, all the way from Tiny Mites on up. Keep your stick on the ice. But um, glad to see there's another red-green fan out there. I, I, I think he's hilarious. I used to love that show. Uh, I, the nephew. Was it Harold? Is yep. that his nephew's name? Yep. <laughs> that's funny stuff. Yeah, the cast of characters there was just classic. So, um, Let's talk about last year. Um, I would think, uh, okay, first off, how long have you been doing this now? Well, that was season 51. That was season 51. I would think that if you were to give yourself uh, a 1 to 10 grade from last year, 1 being crappy, 10 being good, I would think you'd have to be an 8 plus at least, uh, 8, 9, or a 10 even. Yeah, I was just going to say an 8.5. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, uh, uh, except for a couple of bad breaks, uh, the season could have been even better than it was. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you talk about bad breaks, those bad breaks aren't usually your fault. Uh, it's just part of racing. Um, sometimes you get caught up in things, and uh, sometimes you have a little bad luck. Well, yeah, a little frustration, and then a, a, a bad uh, uh, night where I uh, lost a motor. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of those two nights, it uh, it was a pretty darn good year. Now, the motor you lost, you'd been running that motor for a while. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I run that 525 crate motor, and, and uh, that motor was uh, two and three-quarter seasons old. Were you expecting more out of it? I mean, uh, they're pretty stout, aren't they? Well, I mean, I'd like to have some more nights. I, my original plan was to run that motor and throughout the season and then put it in the corner as a spare and uh you know unfortunately it uh, didn't make it that far yeah and uh but uh that didn't last long you got everything figured out no I, that's the other nice part about that is uh i made a couple of phone calls and had a motor by midweek and uh in in time to race the following friday wow that's got to be nice when you can get that done that quick now you pretty much do all the wrenching yourself don't you what do you just push the car in the garage and here we go well, usually what happens is Saturday morning, I roll it out of the trailer into the shop and up on stands, and, and uh, yeah, usually away we go. Uh, I don't have a lot of help, but I do have some guys that uh, come in when needed. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, Larry Longoria, helped me throughout the motor uh, uh, ordeal last year. Uh, Larry used to be uh, employed at Adams Automotive. So oh, he, sure. He knows, he his, knows stuff. his stuff, yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and uh, it, it helps to have those guys. Um, I just want to let this uh, people know Brian is watching. He says, watch Dread Green all the time. 
Then he adds, Tom has some of the best-looking cars, and his 50th anniversary gold one was awesome. Still get a lot of comments about that gold car. Well, yeah, and I think mostly because it was a 50th car. Yeah. You know, I... uh, I, I, I'm very critical of my own uh, graphic schemes. Yeah, and it was so out in left field, to at least in my opinion, for what we would normally see in a Tom Corcoran car, but it sure made a point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff Kroll over at uh, Custom Stripes designed that car, and uh, the idea was that the sponsors and everything on it was going to look retro, mm-hmm. and uh, he knocked it out of the park when it came to that. You know, that's uh, one thing I, I should think about. I'll see if I can't find that uh, 50th anniversary car. Maybe we can add that one to the Do So Photography Wall of Fame along with uh, right next to your, your, what you ran last year. Um, you're, are you, you're really not a points-chasing guy, are you, or would you say you are? No, I've been through all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm a survival guy when it comes to racing. Sure. I mean, I, I do what I think is best in order to be out every week. Mm-hmm. Are there certain tracks you will shy away from, and you don't have to name them, are there certain tracks you will shy away from, maybe knowing that it's hard on the equipment? You know, I've stayed away from the bigger tracks since I went with the Crate Motor. Mm-hmm. Um, did, do I necessarily have to? Maybe not, but I, I just find it easier to run the smaller tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, where did you all go last year? You know, really, last year, uh, River Cities, Devil's Lake, and uh, Greenbush. It was pretty much about it. Uh, we, we lost uh, Lisbon to rain, mm-hmm. or I'd have been there. Um, but, I mean, I just, uh, right now, I'm racing as much as I can physically handle. Physically and maybe feasibly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, physically, what I mean by that is, uh, it, it's uh, it's enough work to get ready to go Friday. Mm-hmm. So at times, being a one man operation, go on Saturday or Sunday is just a, a little out of the uh, realm of possibilities. Right. There's still five more days in the week that you have to try to live through. Well, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, 20 years ago, it was easier to do that. Right. Right. Um, do you find it? How old are you now, anyway? Well, I'm 66. Okay. Well, you were off. <laughs> yeah. I by was. a little bit. Katie thought you were like 79. <laughs> No, she didn't. <laughs> not, not that high, not that high. Well, I've, she been, I've been described as older than dirt. Yeah, so. um, she thought you were probably close to 70, uh, which you are. But um, here's the deal with you, Tom. Uh, I know in, in the, the last few years uh, with you and I talking, we usually talk at least once a week in the pits or whatever. But, um, you know, it's kind of a, yeah, well, no, we'll see what happens after this year. And, yeah, maybe we'll see what happens. But it seems like these last couple of years, uh, you're better than... I mean, things are going good. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, uh, it's been a really nice rebound. Uh, and I think the only thing I can really attribute that to is uh, my focus has been really there the mm-hmm. last couple of seasons. Uh, not that I didn't have it before, but uh, I think that uh, retiring from work. I was just going to ask that. You know, having the time to do this mm-hmm. has really helped. Uh, you know, you're not you're not punching the clock, and then the whole time you're at work while you're trying to do your job, thinking about, man, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. This has got to be ready to go by Friday. Now you can maybe even sleep in an extra hour and go. Eh, I got all day. Well, I'm not much of a sleeper, but I can say that the uh, the midnights in the garage uh, have long since passed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got all day to do this stuff, so yep. I, I don't really need to do that anymore. Yep. Um, you had mentioned earlier uh, you had kind of quarantined yourself. Uh, for about 10 days. Uh, otherwise, the COVID thing not been an issue with you? No, no. It, uh, 
I would almost guess that I, I went through it early last spring after making a trip out east, mm-hmm. and then again here, uh, you know, a few weeks back. And uh, you know, I've been fortunate that way. You talk about the trip out east. That's see the grandkids. Exactly. How many grandkids do you have now? I've got three. Yeah. How I've much got... fun is that? Oh, it's it's absolutely the best. Yeah. Um, I, I love my own kids, but uh, those grandkids are something else. Oh, aren't they? Uh, I've got uh, a granddaughter now that's about a year and a half old. Uh, just starting to make tons of noise and mm-hmm. getting into everything and wants to show you everything. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident I could get her out in a catfish boat next year. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, grandkids, oh, man, they're awesome. Uh, Chad Hoff, wish I was there, boys. Uh, waiting for my COVID test to come back. Currently watching this in a meeting for work. Uh, David, hoping for good news for you, Chad. Uh, Tommy, he's actually older than dirt. At least three dirt changes at River City Speedway. <laughs> I think true. that one was about you, Tom, not Chad. <laughs> well, it's true. So I, I've been on every surface that's been out at River Cities. So. Yeah. Oh, I suppose you have. Um, take us through kind of your history at River City Speedway. What it was like when you started and maybe through some of the changes, at least the ones that were, you know, maybe more memorable than not. Well, I, I, I go back a long ways. I actually uh, uh, started uh, working at the racetrack with my grandparents, cleaning uh, grandstands and bleachers when I was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I progressed from that, uh, worked for my Uncle Jim on preparing the racetrack and, and uh, being a general worker out there for a lot of years uh, before I started. So I started racing when I was 15, uh, spent a year and a half in a street stock, and uh, uh, bought myself what what at the time was a semi-late model. Mm -hmm. And uh, after a year of that and and beating my head against the wall, we decided that uh, if we're going to ever do this, we had to go buy a good race car, and we did. Uh, Back then, uh, the track was black dirt and and relatively flat in comparison to today's racetrack. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, it's it's been... uh, a night and day difference mm-hmm. over the years. How significant of a difference is it from being a basically flat dirt track to a high bank clay oval? Oh, it's huge. Uh, the black dirt used to be a stickier deal. Uh, you know, ours was tacky. Uh, literally, you could walk across the racetrack and, and uh, it would suck the shoes off your feet at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the clay, we haven't really seen that a lot. Um, I do prefer the racetrack the way it is right now yep. over what it was a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe we could take some more banking off it. I think the racing would be better. Uh, maybe just a little too fast? Because uh, when, when you get a fast track, the racing isn't as good. Well, usually what happens is uh, is one lane is, is predominant mm-hmm. here. And and we've got to get it back to the point where we've got two good grooves of racing. Right. That's that's when racing is the best. Yeah. At River City. I mean, if you want to watch, you know, that kind of racing with one groove, uh, just go sit at the intersection at Forty Second Avenue there when a train's coming by because that's basically what it's like. And especially when you get some of these long races, um, it, that's no fun. No. Watching. I mean, that's not racing. That's just going around in a circle. Right. Right. And and uh, you know, like I say, it's. Uh, Preferably, we've got a little stick on the bottom, some stick on the top, and, and uh, across the middle is no man's land. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 uh, it promotes better racing. It promotes less uh, wrecks. Yep, you yep. Know, a lot of things. And that, that's a big thing, uh, the wrecks. Nobody wants to go see it. I mean, you always have those fans that love to see a good crash. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, 
nobody likes to see a wreck fest either. No, no, exactly. Uh, it, it just, uh, these cars are expensive. Uh, they take a lot of work. So, you know, if, if you want to see wrecks, uh, go to the County Fair Demo Derby. Exactly. Yeah, these aren't demo cars. And it, it's kind of funny because now um, the real Tom Corcoran fans and friends are starting to text. Um, <laughs> after Tommy said he's actually older than dirt, at least three changes, dirt changes, uh, Jeff Liebrich used to have hair too. Uh, Jeremy, I think when he started going there, they only raced horses. <laughs> Jeff chirp chiped in back, uh, semi-late quarter horses. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I reached out to a couple of people, Tom, to, uh, find out a few things about you. And, and we're going to talk about that here in a couple of minutes, but first, if you want continuous protection to any indoor space, contact Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Uh, they've got a multifaceted process that uses advanced technologies to destroy contaminants in the air and on surfaces. In fact, Pure Mist can protect homes, businesses, classrooms, clinics, fitness clubs, retail stores, hotels, child care centers, bars, video podcast studios, and more. This is the apex of indoor environment protection, destroying surface and airborne microbes. Now, we're talking about viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi, allergens, odors. And you know what? Active Pure is an FDA-tested and approved technology to reduce and eliminate SARS and COV-2. That's the virus that causes COVID-19. You know, Grand Fork's best source. We're now protected by Pure Mist. Uh, maybe you should think about protecting yourself, too. Call Chad, 763-229-7969, or go to puremistcode.com. It's a protection of every second of every day, and we're talking 365 days a year. Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection, clean spaces, healthy people. And again, folks, uh, if you got anything you want to say for Tom or any of us here, Katie, myself, uh, our phone number is 701-213-0863. Uh, make sure you give us a call and I am, there we go. Uh, let's see here. Got a couple of more, uh, texts coming in here and let's see, wish I was there boys waiting for my, oh, that's okay. Get your butt to work. Panzer's giving stuff away (laughs) over at Northwest tire. Uh, Tom Eglin Schlitz was the beer of choice when he started pull top cans. Wow. Uh, Tom's uncle, Jim, a legend. Miss him at the track. Let's talk about Jim a little bit. Um, sure. I had uh, the pleasure of getting, of getting to hang around with your uncle for a few times. Um, the thing about him was he always wanted a picture. And I've got one now that is hopefully going to go in, into the, uh, the bar at the Speedway. It was um, him and I and Dwayne Sandin. Nice. And uh, two Hall of Famers and, and me lucky enough to be asked to be in the picture. Here's the thing. When Jim... Your Uncle Jim asked for a picture with me. He always ended up getting it framed and, and giving it to me. I'd see him sometime later on in the season, and he'd always say, I got something for you. And I've got a couple of these at home now. And to be honest with you, I, I, I want it at the River City Speedway. But then again, I kind of like him at home, too, because um, he meant a lot to me. He meant a lot to the sport. He meant a lot to dirt track racing in Grand Forks. You know, uh, for me personally... I don't think I even really appreciated how much and how well he did things until much later in my own career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we went head to head and battled back and forth, uh, you know, racer promoter for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think once he was uh, 
gone and and uh, and out of the sport uh, in an active role. It uh, I really came to appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like a barnstorming type promoter. I mean, he didn't just hang around Grand Forks. Oh no, no, he promoted racetracks all across the uh, Upper Midwest up here, and uh, I, we tried to list them all one time. And, and in all honesty, if there was a county fairgrounds somewhere, mm-hmm. chances are he promoted racing or yep. demos or whatever there. Make a racetrack somehow. Sure. Do whatever you can do. Yep. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, Uncle Jim, he's, he's missed. Uh, oh, yeah. He was a hell of a guy. All right, I mentioned uh, before we went into the break, um, I reached out to a couple of people. Uh, and this one coming from um, a pretty big name himself. But um, his quote was, you've been called the racing sponge of all dirt racing. Some people might take that, a, uh, maybe not in a good way. I would take that in a, in a pretty good way myself. Um, basically, you never quit learning, do you? Oh, God, no. No. If, if you uh, ever assume that you know it all, you, you might want to walk away right away. Mm-hmm. Because that's just not the way it is. I mean, this thing changes weekly yeah. these days. Yeah. And, and, and how hard is it to stay on top it's, of all of the changes. It's almost impossible, and you need to be fairly well connected, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be the other guys you race with, uh, your chassis builders, your motor builders. Uh, you just have to stay on top of it. You ever go try to sneak a peek at what somebody's got um, in their car, or, or is that like a no-no? Well, I rarely sneak. If I want to go look, I usually just go look, and if yep. somebody objects, uh, you know, I'll walk away. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, guys are pretty open. There's not a lot of secrets out there that are very well kept. Right. Yeah, they, they, it's not a secret for very long, is it? No. No, it certainly isn't. What about like when the world of outlaws come to town? Do they bring a whole different package, or is it not that different? Uh, that, again, is a different world. Um, God, I guess the best way that I've described it over the years is when, when the local guy goes out to race with those guys, I mean, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. Mm-hmm. I mean, their equipment and, and their knowledge is so far advanced over what we're doing. It's, uh, it's just uh, impossible to compete. Now, there are a few guys, uh, maybe not this last year, but I know in previous years that uh, might keep one of those big motors and all that stuff in the shop just for these types of races. Do they have a, a legitimate shot to, to beat these guys? Uh, to beat them, no. To compete, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I it, it's very hard to uh, be on game as those guys are with the amount of racing they do. Right, right. Um, I'm really surprised. Well, maybe, I, I'm, maybe I'm not surprised. Um, your thoughts on Ricky Weiss? I mean, he's he's doing pretty dang good with those outlaws. Well, Ricky's one of those guys who's a natural talent, mm-hmm. you know. And you couple that with the amount he's learned out there. Uh, uh, at this point in time, I mean, you got to believe he's one of the best 10 in the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe he picked up a few things from Bloomer. Uh, but it seems like kind of Bloomquist might be kind of fading a little bit now. Or would you tend to disagree with me? Uh, it, it seems like with that team, uh, the number seven car is, is probably, I mean, well, it is the better car. Well, I think Bloomquist has had a couple of off years. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, I guess what I said before about focus has been the issue there. I think there's other things going on at the moment. And uh, do I think he's done? Oh, God, no. No, no. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be like you. I mean, he'll well, be going. I mean, he might not have the long hair. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but uh, you know, with the, 
his knowledge, I mean, you talk about uh, being a sponge and absorbing all this. That's what Ricky's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, there was nobody better that you could get in tight with uh-huh. than he did. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the thing is with um, how, how much I know Ricky, um, if he came and asked you a question and you were answering him, and if I was watching, he's paying attention. I mean, oh, the kid, sure. he's, he's just not one of those, yeah, okay, whatever. You tell me what you want. He, he, he's like, well, he's kind of like how we just explained to you. He's a sponge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, this uh, past summer, we got a, about uh, 45 minutes to sit and visit with Ricky uh, in the afternoon. And it, it's uh, to listen to him now, realizing what he's done. You take notice when he says something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, great kid, too. Yep. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have him on the show next year when we change this thing to Fridays. But uh, Kevin Pappenfuss, he's, he's got something to say here, Tom. Uh, I call Tom the Red Farmer of North Dakota, and hopefully he races as long as him. Uh, that's another compliment. Well, it is, uh, you know, and I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, I don't know how far I'll go. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, for many years, I, I do it a year at a time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I certainly know that, uh, you know, the road is about to uh, come to an end. Yeah. And, and, you know, some of these quotes and some of the things people are saying, yeah, they might be a compliment because you're getting up there in age, but they're also a compliment because you still know how to handle a race car around these tracks. Well, yeah, and if it comes to the point where I can't, well, I'll, I'll certainly walk away at that point. Mm-hmm. Would, uh, would you sell all your stuff? Would you maybe groom an up-and-comer and help them out, or would you just walk away? You know, that's the uh, $64,000 question mm-hmm. right there. Uh, uh, I don't really know how to answer it yet. Um, I, I mean, I have talked to some people about uh, helping. Um, I've given thought to putting somebody in a car, Um uh, but that would all hinge on what they could bring to the table as well. Right. So. And I, I, I know how hard it would be to just walk away. Um, maybe a um, great example, Ryan Flayton. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he didn't just walk away. He's still involved with the racetrack. Would that be Tom Corcoran, or would you just step away for a year or two and, and so you don't get that itch or that urge, or would you want to still be involved with it? Because, I mean, you are a walking book of dirt track racing knowledge and it'd be nice to kind of keep it around so i'm just wondering if you would just step away and maybe turn into a lake person or do something like that or would you still be involved with dirt track racing uh i i would venture to say that as far as friday nights and things i i would step away mm-hmm. you know it's uh, it would be too hard to just go out there and watch yeah um that doesn't uh, uh rule out helping somebody throughout the week or mm-hmm. whatever but uh you know, I think that uh, I've committed enough time that uh, if I do decide to walk away, that's, that's what I'll do for a while. Uh, you know, we were talking about Mark Heidkotter uh, at the beginning of the show, and, and uh, he was on my softball team for quite a few years, years ago. And when I finally had to give it up because uh, of my back surgeries and things like that, I, I decided I couldn't even go watch a softball game. Uh, I wouldn't even go watch my own son play. Um, I, I just had to leave. And I, I stayed away from, I don't think I watched a softball game for a couple of years before I finally went back because it, it I mean, yeah, you'd miss the racing, but it's, there's so much more involved with it. Like the people, you know, the people that have been friends of yours due to racing for all of these years, that's another hard thing to step away from. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, uh, 
I don't think I'd step away from that completely. Uh, you just don't see people as often if you do walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, got a question from Aaron. Uh, let's not give Tom any ideas of quitting. <laughs> What's next year's color scheme? Are you ready to let that out, the, out of the hat? Uh, no, but I have picked the color scheme for the car out as far as just the body colors. So mm-hmm. uh, graphics will all hinge on whatever the designer comes up with. Okay. Uh, he also adds, and it might be time for a number change. He's had this one for too long. LOL. Uh, no, I'll probably never change this number. I wouldn't either. No, I mean, I, uh, this number came about in uh, 1981. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, I, I briefly ran under another number, and that was just uh, that was a tribute to uh, my original number and my dad's number at that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I ran uh, number 115 for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, you got to stick with that T1. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to know, um, tell us about Jeff Liebrich in the bun when they reopened after the flood of 97. <laughs> Told you I did a little digging. Oh, man. You know, uh, for people who don't know, uh, Jeff and I have been great friends for a lot of years. Great guy. Uh, uh, You know, uh, I I would think that from the outside, a lot of people think that I don't necessarily like sprint cars. Mm -hmm. And although I can twist the knife very well when it comes to, uh, you know, sticking the boys, Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate what they do. Yeah. You know, and some of my, some of my best friends are involved with sprint cars. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the Jeff, uh, Liebrich, uh, bun story was uh, shortly after the flood in 97. Uh, the bun lounge was the first place to open. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, uh, along with, uh, Dwight Suave, who at one time worked for both Jeff and I, Mm -hmm. uh, were there on a Sunday evening. And uh, we were sitting in a booth, and uh, a, a couple of girls came in, and they sat down with us, and and uh, we proceeded to have you know more than we should have. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the midst of this, uh, Jeff decided to uh, showboat a little bit and show show the girls <laughs> girls how he could uh, pop a wheelie in his wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> well, he caught a, a crack in the uh, in the semi solid floor and under the bun, and uh, went over and smacked his head. Oh no! Tipped over backwards, and you could hear the crack across the room. Oh man! And uh, of course, at that point, his knees went up and smacked him in the in the chin. You know, and <laughs> and uh, when we realized he was all right, I looked down on him. I said, "You know, you sprint car guys, I don't care if you drive them or own them. You're not happy till you're on your head." <laughs> And Jeff started to laugh, and the tears uh, were, were rolling out of his eyes, and these two girls were so offended. Oh, really? You know, help him, help him, you know. <laughs> and uh, we just sat and roared about that, and we, we've joked about it ever since. And, you know, that's the funny thing. If you see somebody take a spill or a tumbler, what, you know, like Jeff did, first thing you do, uh, it doesn't matter your sense of humor or not or how good a friend you are, first thing you do is make sure they're okay. Absolutely. And once you find out they're okay, you laugh your ass off. Oh, for sure. So for maybe sure. maybe Mr. Liebrick, uh next time, we should, you know what, we should get a little GoFundMe page and get him a hockey helmet. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I think he rode the short bus, so he might have one. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. And, and, and you know, the thing is, when you've been around racing as long as you have, uh, and even if you've been doing it for 10 years or whatever, there are so many non-racing stories. Uh, you know, we try to emphasize how, how dirt track racing, it is a big extended family. Absolutely. And, and you know what? If you could remember every minute of your life, think of how many funny stories, great stories are just like that. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, uh, there's a lot of stories that uh, really can't be told over the air. I mean, it's uh, done some pretty silly things. And, mm-hmm. 
and uh, things you really don't want to take uh, take a lot of credit for. Yeah. Do you find out now uh, with age, because I mean, it, it's happening to me, um, I've slowed down. I don't do the crazy things. I used to kind of think I was indestructible. And now that I'm in my mid-50s, I feel in every one of my joints, my knees, my back, how I really wasn't indestructible. I mean, I'd be laying in a hospital room saying, ah, I'll be good to go in a couple of weeks. But uh, it starts to catch up on a guy. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, uh, uh, the days of uh, leaving the racetrack and, and going to the bar and, you know, coming home at 3 a.m., uh, just it doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it happens with age. It just, you're dead on there. Yeah, you used to be able to recoup from something like that, noon, 1, 2 o'clock the next afternoon. Now it's two or three days for me. <laughs> I used to have some of my best runs uh, with a terrible hangover. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, took great pride in that, and, and I don't miss it a bit. <laughs> no, no, I don't either. Um, Jeff, by the way, adds... And crayons. Is there something to do with crayons in there, Tom? <laughs> I think he had those on the bus. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hockey helmet and crayons. Well, that, that kind of nails Liebrick, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you now, um, 67, uh, do you feel any different? Do you feel the aches and pains? Do you, or, I mean, I don't know how you have been through your life with injuries, uh, things like that. Uh, when you get injured a lot in, in your younger years, uh, they always tell you, wait till you're in your 50s and you're going to feel this. Um, I've had 47 broken bones and I used to laugh at them. I'd say, I'm not worried about it. And about 10 years ago, I started thinking, oh my gosh, I'm 45 years old. I feel like I'm 80 and now I'm 55 and I feel like I'm 90. Has that caught up to you? Have you been basically healthy your entire life? So at least you got that going for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I've had the normal things. I mean, I, as a young guy, I played a lot of hockey, and, mm-hmm. you know, the knees aren't what they used to be, and, uh, you know, I had a hip replacement. Okay. And, you know, but other than that, uh, in all honesty, I feel pretty good. So. When did you have the hip replaced? I had that in 2016. I okay. Actu- I actually had it the last day of February, uh-huh. and uh, I was in a race car opening night. Wow. So, I mean, it uh, it was not a pain-free season by any stretch. Yeah. But I came back out that season and won, so you know you really can't. Uh, does it does it feel a hundred percent now? Yeah, it, it takes a lot longer than they tell you it does. But uh, you know, after a year's time, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you that I have one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you glad you got it done now? Oh God, yes. Yeah, because how many years did you go through thinking, man, I got to get this done? About seven miserable years. Yeah, yeah, so. and that's how I was uh, with my first neck surgery. I mean, and my back surgeries, you can only take 20 to 28 ibuprofen a day for so long before it starts affecting the rest of your body. Oh, yeah. And then you go and you finally get it done and you go through like a week or a couple of weeks or a couple of months of just hell. But then it starts, you can where you can feel it like every day. You can feel it get a little better and a little better and a little better. And then that's when you start thinking, man, I should have done this a long time ago. That's exactly what I went through with mm-hmm. that. You know, it, uh, I never thought that I would... Uh, ever be so old that i would have to have parts replaced so yeah yeah it's just like uh you drag them into the garage and let's do this <laughs> well and that's basically what it is yeah. So, yeah uh how long were you in the hospital for something like that uh if i remember right uh i had surgery on a monday and i was home wednesday morning wow isn't that something, what they can do absolutely nowadays? absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, scars add character, too, by the way. Yeah. I've, I've always said that. Uh, let's see. Betty's watching. Kevin, I agree with Tom. I raced a lot, hung over, and I seemed to run harder. I think I just wanted to get the race over 
and the hell out of the car. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you get that over with, and then you can have a, a little uh, hair of the dog that bit you. Yeah. So, so what do you do now, retired? Um, what do you, what is what do you do with your time? Well, I still go back a little bit part time on weekends and stuff. And, oh, okay. And, and help around. Uh, I worked the school district for almost thirty years in East mm-hmm. Grand Forks, and uh, I go back. Uh, a few weekends a month and uh, check boilers and do some other things that uh, it's getting harder for people uh, to find uh, people with a boiler's license and things like that. So it works out well for me and well for them. Um, On the other side of the coin, uh, you know, I, I still get up early in the morning, but I can sit and have coffee for a couple hours to figure out Mm -hmm. what I'm going to do today. And, and if I don't get to it, I'll think about it tomorrow again. Have you always been one of those guys that gets up early in the a.m.? Yes. Uh, that's how I am. Uh, it doesn't matter how late I stay out. work early. Yep, yep. Um, what would you do if you weren't racing, you weren't still working once in a while, weekends and stuff? Would you go nuts or would you have to find something to do? I would probably travel a little more and drive my kids nuts. (laughs) Well, it's payback, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drive them nuts, but spend some good quality time with the grandkids. Yeah, for sure. That's that's. uh, I can't honestly say that I missed out on a lot of things when my kids were growing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know I could have done it differently. Yeah, you know. So, and with my grandkids at a distance away. Uh, it's a little tougher. Yeah, I bet. So you've got grandkids where now? They're scattered. Uh, I've got grandkids in New Hampshire and and just down in Alexandria, Minnesota. Well, Alex isn't so bad, but uh, the one thing about going out to New Hampshire, it's nice out there. I mean, it's it's a whole different country. Yep. Uh, You see a lot of different things, but... um, Yeah, that's kind of a bummer when they're across country. Yeah, it is. It's it's not what you uh, envision uh, as you watch your own kids grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, How close are you to being ready, if not for the upcoming season, and tell us your plans for the new year? You know, it's kind of funny. I I got the car ready to winterize and uh, loaded it in a trailer, uh, brought it over to storage, and uh, about a week and a half later, I went back and got the trailer and brought the car back home and put the trailer back in storage. So uh, I thought, you know, I may need something to do this winter, so I've got it at hand. You know, and that's not a bad deal either when you've got the time, and and especially uh, knowing you like I do, you could be just sitting there and go, you know what, I should be doing this today, but God darn it, my car's in storage. Mm -hmm. When, When you can say, you know what, this is something I should be doing today, and you walk outside and you do it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've, like I say, since I've retired, I'm more prepared to do things than I ever have been. So, um, when you say winterized, what does that mean for a late model race car? Well, basically, you've got the car stripped down, and if you haven't taken the motor out of it, you've winterized the motor, and you've drained the fuel, and you've pulled the uh, the good suspension components off of it, and put some sticks on it, or mm-hmm. you know, old things like that. So, uh, you know, you can spend a you can spend a good day and a half doing that kind of thing. Uh, at the, at this stage of the game, it's harder getting to it than it is getting it done. Sure. Now, when you talk about your shop, is that right at your house? Yeah. And you can't beat that. No, no. It's uh, uh, I, I've really been lucky. I have, outside of a 10-year period, I have virtually worked out of the same garage mm-hmm. my entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, how nice is that, though? I mean, when when you could just is your is it a detached garage no, or who even cares? No, <laughs> it, 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 it's a uh, it's about a twelve foot walk. Mm-hmm. So. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, Want to thank Chad uh, for the text. Uh, Tom, always so fun talking with you in the pits. Thank you for making me feel welcome to the bull ring. 
Um, oh, you got a new pickup? Yeah. Yep. So that sits outside? Yeah, it, uh, it, it got a couple of weeks in the shop, so, you know, it, that's as happy as it's going to get. Yeah, that, that's funny because uh, with me, um, my pickup sits outside. In the winter, it's my four-wheeler with a blade on it, so I'm, I don't have to worry about that. All I got to do is open up the door, and I start pushing snow. Mm-hmm. And in the summer, it's my boat. Um, priorities, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's... Uh, I make sure that I go up and purchase vehicles from uh, from my longtime sponsor, DNB Motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trade pickups about every couple of years, so uh, I keep up on that. And in all honesty, when you're pulling a trailer, you you can't afford to have troubles. So sure, it's easier just to trade vehicles every every couple of years and and not worry about warranty issues and yep. things like that. Yep. And uh, so. speaking of DNB, uh, we just got a text from Aaron. Said DNB doesn't mind. They've got a new one out. Uh, they've got uh, a new one for you. Already. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> is, is it about time for that to uh, change? Get no. a different different pickup? No, no. I just got this one in October, so okay. we're, we're good. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I am so fed up with the COVID thing now. Um, I'm with you. Do you. You know, if they get the vaccine, in your opinion, do you really think this is going to change anything? Uh, do you think there's a possibility of... Yeah, I mean, we, you know, maybe it's not the right question to ask. I guess maybe you can only hope. But if they do get this vaccine and they find out that it's it's going to be the cure or it's going to be the savior or whatever, are we ever going to get back to old norm? Because, man, I hate that term, new normal. I can't stand it. I want to just get back to the way it used to be. I believe we will. Uh, how long that's going to take, I'm not sure. Um, I'm certainly not going to rush out for a vaccine at this point. No, me neither. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I realize there's people out there that react differently, and people have died. And uh, well, it's a real thing, yeah. It, it bothers me that if you watch the uh, uh, the daily reports come out that mm-hmm. that we've eliminated the underlying conditions. Yeah, yeah, that that really bothers me. me nuts. Yeah, me so. too. Uh, in fact, now uh, you're seeing in obituaries in newspapers, um, COVID related pneumonia, right? COVID related whatever. Why do they even have to put that in there? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I it's get a it. Politically correct thing to do at the moment. So, I, I'm 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 not a masker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wear it if I'm forced to. Same with me. Same with all of us here. I, I believe at this point in the game, it's going to cycle through. Yeah, and and you know, you had mentioned that maybe you had thought you had had it earlier in the year. Yeah, you did the right thing. You did what we all should do mm-hmm. uh, because I'm the same way. I'm not going to go get tested. Yeah. I mean, unless I am really, really sick. But what good's it going to do for me to go get tested? I I, I know if I'm sick, I'm going to stay home. Well, exactly. uh, I'm going to stay and that, home. And that's what they're going to tell you. Yeah, because I don't care so much about myself as I do the people I'm around. Mm-hmm. And, and you did the right thing yeah. uh, without having to go get a test and being a number and being right. a statistic. And um, I... I Again, uh, maybe I should have even started talking about it, but um. it, it, you know, I think uh, for me it's easier. My my uh, my group of friends is small. Mm-hmm. That's the people I hang around with, and, yep. and we're all pretty cognizant of what's going on. And and uh, you know, whether we're sitting uh, having a beer or whatever we're doing, uh, we stay away from each other. So you socially distance in Liebrich's garage, then I take it. Well, yeah, as far <laughs> as you can get, you know. So. <laughs> You know, and, 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 and we're not the kind of guys that hug, so... No, no. You know, <laughs> might smack him, but I'm not going to get, you yeah. know. 
Uh, greetings, Jeremy. Uh, he's watching. Says greetings. Uh, yeah. So pretty much ready to go. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a schedule yet. Have you for River City Speedway or has the NLRA released a schedule yet? No, not to the best of my knowledge. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would uh, bank that the schedule at River Cities will be similar to mm-hmm. it always is. Uh, go back to the uh, COVID-related thing right now. I, I'm I'm very nervous mm-hmm. about them being able to open at this yeah. point in time. It, it, uh, it's a real concern. Uh, we know how the county board went last year, and, you know, thank goodness they let us race. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't uh, really thrilled with the last uh, month worth of uh, uh, BS. Yeah, yeah, or just re- restrictions, and I understand it. I mean, it's uh, you're you're an official in a public capacity, and you know you're on the side of caution. But also, you know, that's a big outdoor facility, and yeah, and uh, you know. I don't think I've heard of a case coming out of the race. Uh, well, the even even though the majority of the race fans are obese and diabetic and vulnerable, <laughs> come on, really? <laughs> it's funny because I actually have county commission on my list here to talk about. But um, now here's another thing too, uh, and, and I don't want to keep beating this COVID thing, but um, didn't seem to bother Black Friday, did it? <laughs> you know, that's the thing; it doesn't bother a lot of things, and I, I find that very ironic and mm-hmm. very very disturbing. You know, we had mentioned uh, Enbridge, they got the pipeline thing, finally figured out with Minnesota. Going to pump, it's a couple of billion dollar job. Right. It's bringing the oil workers, it's bringing so much money into Minnesota, which needs it right now because of the economy and everything being closed. Okay, uh, here's a great example. I, I have hunting cabins up between Plummer and Brooks, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Pipeline actually runs right through our woods. These guys got nowhere to go eat. They got nowhere to go have a beverage after a long 12-hour day. So they got all this money coming into Minnesota, which could help bring them out of the hole and, and get some money back in, you know, into the economy. And it's all just still nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to go up and do a little muzzleloading hunting here in the next week or so. And I'm, I'm deciding I probably won't because there's nothing to do in those couple of hours of off time. For sure. Uh, you know, uh, with both of us being Minnesota guys... Uh, I shudder to think at the amount of small businesses in small towns that are not going to make it over this. They're not going to make it. You know, and when you start to look at places north of here, especially uh, small populations that are dealing with a, a couple of cases of this, and, and they're shuttered under the same restrictions they are in Minneapolis. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, I kind of put Governor Walls and Trudeau almost on the same yeah, they're in the same plane in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's like we're not all the same. Plummer, Minnesota, Brooks, Minnesota is not Minneapolis, St. Paul. Exactly, and I really found it uh, ironic uh, this fall when uh, the governor of Minnesota determined that uh, everybody needed to be the same until it came for schools to make their own decisions on how how they handle things. I, I thought that that was a really a, a slap at business. Yeah. And uh, you look at East Grand Forks, man, I feel bad for so many yeah. of these businesses, uh, businesses that I'm used to going into. Exactly. Places I'm used to going in and, and having a bite to eat and having a couple of beers. And, uh, you know, um, you could put the, the, the warming houses outside, the fish houses outside, but I think Walt's even put a stop to that, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I really don't know how to describe it. It's, it's, uh, 
even when you could go in to, to walk in the door with a mask on, sit down at the table, pull the mask off, I mean, did it magically disappear? Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I understand all the employees wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. They're subjected to more people daily than anyone. Mm-hmm. But it just, uh, I don't know. It's, you know, and, and you mentioned you're not a mask guy. Neither am I. I wear it if I absolutely have to. But uh, when I'm wearing it, I basically have in my mind that the people that see me have a better peace of mind because there's those people out there. Uh, Paul, the producers had a couple of run-ins with people where, you know, um, I think we read Grand Forks had like 22 police mm-hmm. calls from concerned citizens yeah. that, you know what, uh, you know, he, he's not wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, we're all in this together. We got to take care of ourselves. You know, I, I have no issues with people that are, Absolutely determined to wear that mask all the time. That's, mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Oh, you forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it, it just, I guess it's up to each, each individual to me. Uh, uh, but God help the guy who comes up and lays into me because I don't wear one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, I haven't been that, should I say, fortunate or unfortunate yet to have somebody get in my face mm-hmm. um i try to do what you know they want you to do but oh boy i tell you what i was in uh, fargo yesterday did a bunch of shopping had a mask on for hours yep. and my ears hurt so bad i <laughs> swore if i look in the mirror i gotta look like dumbo because it was it felt like it was pulling my ears off the side of my face and and for one thing they're they're just not comfortable either yeah, you know, I mean, I, I definitely question the effectiveness, uh, but I also make it a point to stay far enough away from people. Sure, so, sure. You know, it's, uh, you know, everything in the world does not need to come with instructions. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, it seems like it does at this point in time. You know, Tom Corcoran, when uh, this is all said and done with you racing after all of these years, how do you want to be remembered? How would you like people when they go, yeah, man, I remember Tommy Corcoran, and, and what would you want people to say about you? Uh, you know, just basically good guy, good clean racer. Uh, I can't honestly say that I've ever run over anybody to win a race. Mm-hmm. You know, and in 50 years uh, plus doing this, that's, that's not a bad deal. Do you find that uh, when you race that way, people race that way with you, or are there still the guys out there that could really give a rat's butt about your car? Yeah, there's still some guys out there like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a rule, we've got a good bunch of racers here mm-hmm. locally. Um, that said, uh, you race long enough, you're going to get into it with everybody sooner or later. Sure, sure. You know, but uh, it's a lot better that you do that, and at the end of the day, you can go sit down and have a have a, a, a talk about it or a beer with somebody, and, and uh, as a rule, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you never know. There might be one day in the pits where somebody comes up to you and says, Tom, I could really use your help here for a couple of minutes. You got a couple of minutes, you know. And, and you might, you know, it could be, well, I remember what you did to me a couple of weeks ago. Screw you. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to come over there and help you. You don't want that. No, you don't. But there's there's a little of that, too. Sure so, there is. You know, it, it's uh, that's the thing is you eventually are going to deal with everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's better to deal with them as friends. Okay. All I'm asking for here is a yes or no answer. Is there anybody there you will not pit next to? 
I know you guys have your your spots. You usually like to try to go, but if in, intentionally, no, mm-hmm. no. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, we've we've kind of got our spots, and we've all had them for a long time. Uh, it bothers you if you get shuffled out of that spot occasionally, yep. but yep. As a rule, no, it doesn't bother me, regardless of who I put next to. And isn't that the way it should be? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it's a big family. It really yep, is, sure. and uh, you've been a huge part of this big family for a long time. Well, yeah. Longer than I'd ever planned. Yeah. How excited are you for this upcoming season? Uh, Does the excitement wane after the years, or do you still go into the beginning of every year just as excited as you were the year before? Well, I, I still look forward to it. Uh, by the end of the season, you're, you're ready to be done. But, you know, as I said earlier, a couple weeks uh, or a couple months later, I got the car back in the shop. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. I, guess, I suppose it's a day-by-day thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, it only takes about a, a two week period of time after the season's over to recap. I know. Isn't that funny? Because yeah. um, after like the sites and then we have the one weekend, I'm usually pretty shot because I do all three days of the sites. I throw in a couple of days of go-kart racing in there, too. And I tell you what, by that Monday, my throat hurts. It, it hurts. And I'm so ready for it to be done. The next that following Friday will come along. We have the one race left. And then the next Friday. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad it's done. But by the second Friday after the season's done, I'm going nuts. I mean, I am going nuts. I miss it. I want to be there. I want the smell. I want the dirt. I want the people. And it's dirt track racing. It's basically a drug uh, that's legal. Definitely addictive. Yeah. Got to thank you, man, for coming back on the show again. I appreciate you guys having me. And uh, we definitely are going to have you back. Well, I'll come anytime you need me. And uh, when you get the new paint scheme, uh, we'll get Bobby Duso to take a picture of you. And, um, you know, we'll, I don't know if we'll take that one down and put the new one up, but um, we're going to be running out of room here pretty soon if we keep <laughs> doing that. Uh, good luck this year. Uh, you are a true ambassador to the sport. Um, I know there's a ton of people that look up to you. I mean, just looking at what's coming up on the phone here, uh, people think you're, you're a great guy. Well, I appreciate that. Tom Corcoran. River City Speedway, Hall of Fame, NLRA, late model driver. He's looking forward to year number 52nd year of racing and winning coming up this year. Man, thank you. And thank you to all the people that uh, called and text today. Chad Hoff, my bullring boy brother. You got to get yourself better. Get out of that quarantine thing, or unless you're drinking a lot of quarantinis, um, get better, all right? Hey, special thanks going out to Duso Photography. Still worried about your Christmas cards? Well, Duso Photo can help you, all right? Duso Photography. Go to his website, dusophoto.com. He's got a great thing going on there where you can get on the website and figure out how he'll walk you through it, kind of a step-by-step thing. If if you're uh, not like me and know how to read instructions, you can probably figure this out. Uh, Do your family portraits, your corporate pics, but the Christmas cards, it's about time to get those in the mail. And if you want to see the work he does, we've got the Do So Photography Wall of Fame here in the studios at GFBS. Basically, if you want to look the best, Do So Photography can do that. Go to dosophoto.com or call him up, 218-230-4325. Thank you very much, Jeff, Carrie Ann, Kevin, Ryan, all of you guys that have been watching us today. It's always fun when you got uh, a Dirty Thursday, especially with Tom Corcoran in the show. Hey, tomorrow... John Bernstrom, Public Information Officer for the City of Grand Forks, is back on the show. Hey, don't forget, we're now on Amazon Music. You just tell your smart speaker to play GFBS Podcast, and it'll do it. 
And we're looking for your five-star reviews on Google, too, all right? Hey, don't forget, we want you to like us, share us, and tag us. We're Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again.